Hey, welcome to Culture Dumps. I'm Parks Miller with Ryan Lichten, Hello. as always, and we have a special guest, Matt B. Davis. Hey, hey everybody. Yes. What's going on? Now, we've been on Matt's show a couple times. Uh, he, you know, you, you have your obstacle racing show. You have the Atlanta podcast. You talk about all kinds of different things, but that's not necessarily why you're here today, because today's topic is one that we've been, you know, asked to do a couple times. You know, we always ask for suggestions, and this one's actually a suggestion from several people, but we're talking about Y2K, more specifically the Y2K bug. Now, Matt, you had a job kind of in the under the umbrella of the Y2K scare. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you were doing in 1999? Uh, in 1999, I had just moved to Los Angeles, and one of my first jobs was at a place called people support and they were one of the first ever online tech support so you have to remember it was a new thing everyone got their own website let's sell stuff uh that later <laughs> sorry i'll start i'll start <laughs> everybody everybody began to sell things online uh, but they didn't know how to keep customers. So what if somebody puts something in the cart and then leaves? What if they have a question? How are they going to get in touch with us? They're at their houses. So this was one of the first online tech supports where companies would hire us to be their online tech support. So you're saying even the companies themselves didn't have an in-house tech support? Co correct. All they had was a place to press buy here and here's my address. Wow. That's a long time ago. Yes. <laughs> but so so the whole thing, like, why is Y2K a culture dump? It's I mean, this is kind of the biggest like uh, historical land, like, you know, landmark that we'll we'll talk about basically in, in you know, culture wise, because it's not necessarily a pop culture thing. It's like a worldwide thing. It's kind of the broadest topic that we've done. But it was like a monumental moment in time. It was the turning of the millennium. And there was such a panic that was at such a height that it infiltrated all aspects of society, including pop culture. But at the end of the day, when the you know, when the clock hit midnight, it was kind of a bust. And the reputation that Y2K has now, I mean, especially from people like Parks and I's age and even the people like Matt, who was working, you know, who were working you know, in technology and stuff, it kind of had the reputation of being a bust or a hoax. But we are here today to tell you that in no way was it a hoax. And there was a very real problem that could have happened. And it was the hard work of thousands of, you know, computer programmers working around the clock for about 10 years to make sure that it seemed like a hoax to everyone that wasn't aware of that. So let's get right. into it real quick. Y2K 101 here. Y2K is shorthand tech talk for the year 2000. This was a monumental year for several reasons. The main reason being that it was the beginning of the new millennium, but also the overwhelming expectation that modern society as we knew it was going to crumble upon the changing of the year. It was believed that because many of the longest standing computer programs and digital databases were based on a two-digit date system. Computers would be fooled into processing data as if the year had changed to 1900 instead of 2000. This was especially frightening to those working in essential infrastructure, finance, medicine, and cybersecurity. How scary was this? Was this something that people were, like, that you worked with were actually worried about, Matt? Uh, the term, I don't know that I would use the term worried because I was in my 20s and you kind of don't worry about anything, <laughs> That's but true. it was definitely a thing like on the, like we all made sense. Like, oh, well, that makes sense. Like, well, how would it know? It's 1999. We didn't know that when we built the computers in 84. 
So it was definitely we thought about it. I don't know that it was like a frightened thing as much as everything's going to shut down. Your ATM card might not work. And so, uh, you know, your computer might reset in some weird way. But it wasn't like I don't remember being panicked. Right. I, I remember being just as a middle schooler, not knowing anything, thinking that all the lights were going to go off. And that money was going to fly out of the ATMs. That's, that's what I thought. Was <laughs> that's happen. ideal. That would be the ideal scenario. But yeah. like for me, I was like 10 years old or something. And yeah, like right around 10. And, you know, at first, like going through elementary school, when you would think of the year 2000, I was thinking like flying cars and shit. For some reason, 2000 just seemed like such a big deal and millennium and, and all that stuff that doesn't make sense to a little kid. But then as it got closer and you would start seeing all the panic stuff on, on TV, because in you know news in the 90s became overly sensationalized. It, it was like a new you know direction for a lot of mainstream news outlets was to scare you. It wasn't necessarily like... Uh, this journalistic integrity based kind of thing. It was more like, what what is the scariest, craziest shit that we can put out there? So I started getting really scared. <laughs> like I thought that the world was absolutely going to end. And my dad, who's kind of a badass, he would always, you know, in a suburban survivalist, I'll call him. He like was had water and fucking ammo, and he's like, you know, you're not going to be able to get money out and blah blah blah. So we need to have, you know, and all this MREs and shit. And I remember asking, like, well, if money's not going to work, why do you, why are you like? saving some you know in cash and my mom's like because people are stupid and it'll work for a little while (laughs) can i quickly say that we are 30 years past it it's it's 2021 and i'm (laughs) 20 20. years past it (laughs) (laughs) let me say as i was saying we're 20 years past it and i'm sitting here with parks and if you look at what he's wearing okay (laughs) Um, like yeah, that's, face mask, yeah. that's a futuristic trippy thing happening that we could have yeah. not predicted that's scarier than anything that happened in 1999 just want to point that out you're absolutely, absolutely. right you know you know what i mean that that's a that's a really good point but uh, and we'll get to this later in the episode there is a big shadow of Y2K that hangs over or hung over society at the beginning of 2020, one of arguably one of the gnarliest years in American history, if not world history. And, uh, you know, we, we felt a little effect of Y2K in 2020, but I'll explain that later. So getting back to it, back when many of the earliest calculation programs were written for computers, the developers used a dating system based on the numbers 00, meaning the year 1990 would be read as 90. This was done in order to save room on storage, which at the dawn of computer technology was extremely limited and expensive. The concern for banks was that many of their daily calculation programs, such as those that determine increases and decreases in interest, would be set back 100 years at the turn of the new year. So rather than the interest being calculated for the next day, it would be calculated for minus 100 years. This was also a huge concern for those working in power plants with complex maintenance systems that regulate much of the plant's inner workings and calculate predicted changes in energy and environmental factors. Basically, the concern was that many of the world's most valuable and relied upon computer systems would set themselves back by 100 years. Transportation was also a huge one. There was a very real fear for people that didn't understand computers that like planes were going to drop from the sky or they were going to start colliding into each other. They were going to turn into Flintstones. 
they're just gonna turn to stone wheels. All yeah, time. like every, yeah, everything Computers was just gonna, gonna go turn back into typewriters. <laughs> fucking caveman shit, dude. Skynet was about to go global, and that that's like you know Terminator was about to happen, and. Also, like that, that's just kind of a funny thing, too, because like, OK, so if all computers go back to 1900, this is kind of like a catch 22 thing. Like there weren't computers in 1900. So do they just fucking explode? Like do you like do, do plane systems just forget they exist because it's 100 years ago? Like, how do you navigate a plane in the 19, you know, in 1900? So it's like, I don't know. It's a weird thing. And a lot of this stuff probably wouldn't have fucked up as much as they thought but this has been something that computer programmers thought about for a while computer scientist robert bemmer predicted the y2k problem in 1971 but it was assumed that by the time the year 2000 came many of the fragile or at-risk systems would have been updated or made obsolete due to technological improvements however that was not the case because if things start to work you know the tendency is if it's not broken don't fix it so a lot of right. things just kind of went unchecked so it's like, did you, you did you prep the salad bar before you leave, and then like, nah, the morning shift will get it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. But it was the morning over. shift Someone for like fucking forty years. You know, it, it was like a yeah. thirty-year morning shift that uh, you were that people were expecting to take over. So first of all, can I just say that was an amazing reference? <laughs> but I think the other the other important part to remember for those of us that did grow up in the in the seventies and eighties that. 1999 and 2000 were just these already hanging over us things, right? So, like, the concept of 1999, so there's the Prince song, there's the, oh, my God, last thing of the century, of the millennial, like, this is this whole new thing. Right, last like, Woodstock. Everything was called, <laughs> everything was called the, you know, the the Germinator 2000, right, as a futuristic name. The movie 2001 existed. So I think that part is just as big. That's yeah, it's baked of, in, baked that, into the culture. It's a, if you put, there's a two now. There's yeah. A two instead of a one. Yeah. <laughs> baked in. That's the term I was looking for. Yeah. And right, Skynet was supposed to be 1999. We already have this sort of like little baked in fear before they even told us, by the way, computers aren't going to work anymore. Right. So and yeah, and again, once that started hitting the news, it really became scary because, again, you know, computers were only just becoming part of your household at that time, you know, like on a big mainstream level. So most people didn't really understand how any of that shit worked. And, you know, the Internet was, you know, the biggest, you know, tech revolution of the 1990s. So the idea that like this thing that has completely changed the entire world in a, such a short amount of time was all of a sudden going to go away and like everything was going to shit itself was, was really scary. And yeah, it sent people into a frenzy. Um, for instance, we're going to be posting on our Patreon tons of these Y2K preparedness videos I found from like, like every like, you know, public access channel of, you know, all over the country, especially in the Midwest and places that probably wouldn't have been affected too bad by technology failing, were especially scared. But they just, you know, looking for an excuse to pull out all those guns and their MREs. Well, I can, but now I can see with my very limited knowledge, I could see like, say, take the plane, for instance, like even if like if one element, say like the radar system or something is like, if that it's not that if it were to hit this number and then go back to zero zero if even if that like just confuses it enough to disable it say i could see why that would be like pose as like a scary problem like all of a sudden some in crucial element of your machinery related to a computer just stops working yeah not even planes though like your bus like you could have been like very late for whatever you were trying to get to <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like if the bus system failed like you could be super you might not get die in a plane crash but like being late sucks too you know inconvenience is uh is the killer of the right, working your first man. day of work is january 1st 
Yeah, yeah, you have to be here on time. My That's alarm the most important didn't thing. Turn off. Yeah, my yeah, my whole fucking life reset itself. So for a little over a decade before Y2K hit, programmers had begun the process of safe checking their systems and finding ways to preserve the function of the now heavily relied upon computer networks. By the time the new year hit, over $100 billion had been spent on the lengthy and often tedious process. President Clinton had even appointed Josh Koskinen as the United States Y2K czar. Like, first of all, czar is one of my favorite positions in government because it's like this old school scary thing. And I often feel like I always think of the drug czar and how like what a pointless like have done nothing job that is. Like there's nothing the Y2K czar or the drug czar has ever done to stop the flow of drugs in this country <laughs> like at all but I, yeah. I, I feel like we should I feel like they should do that more though like maybe Biden can be like you know what you're the uh, you're the economics Kaiser yeah. Yeah. Or the, let's just start calling the president the czar. You know what I mean? Or like, fuck it. You know, let's let's just go for it. But interesting thing about Koskinen as the Y2K czar, his main job was to kind of make the country feel like everything was safeguarded, you know, and, and that everything was going to be fine. So in order to prove this, he took a highly publicized flight on an airplane during midnight like like he was in the air as the year changed and that was like his way of being like look everything's going to be fine i'll even take a plane ride and be in the air when this shit's supposed to happen and but i picture him like saying all this shit but having like three parachutes on and like shaking in his boots like the (laughs) entire like two hour flight to like toledo or whatever he was going like oh shit (laughs) you know but uh yeah i mean at the end nothing happened again and so so, you know, he was kind of hailed as like, whoa, what a badass move. But like he knew that there was no risk there. So as the media began their onslaught of Y2K fear mongering and the general public became aware of the so-called impending doom, panic began to grow. The Y2K bug, as it was known, couldn't have come at a worse time. By the year 2000, at-home computers were becoming a fixture of everyday life in the United States and many of the other technical, technologically developed countries around the world. But not everyone was scared. You know, Time Magazine and CNN did a, a huge survey that re- out of the people surveyed, only 59 percent of them or i should say all of 59 percent of them uh didn't think y2k was a big deal it was only the other you know 41 percent that did um so and those again you know there was two ways of going about it either everything's going to be fine or everything's gonna you know get totally fucked up so you're either really scared or you didn't think it was a big deal now, there was two methods of fixing the problem. The first and more complicated was to rewrite the code for thousands upon thousands of programs that could potentially be affected. The second, which was the cheaper and quicker way, was known as windowing, which was the process of changing the date system to read the years between 00 and 20 as being in the 2000s. So rather than you know changing your whole computer system for it to understand that, no, we've gone from the 1900s to 2000. Instead, you just say, well, no, we're still going to keep the two digits. We're just changing what the two digits mean. So you have, you know, the, again, the 00 and 20, that's now considered 2000s. Again, that's a little hint at how Y2K would affect the year 2020. Um, But yeah, so basically two styles of fixing it. One was actually fix it. And the other one was let it go for another 20 years. So what actually happened? 
While nothing seemed to happen on January 1st, 2000, there were thousands of programmers sitting at their screens waiting to see if their years of hard work had paid off. While the majority of society was safe from the Y2K bug, there were several cases of Y2K-related system failures. Now, Matt, when it was getting closer to this, were you guys getting like calls and were you helping people through their Y2K worries or anything? No, we were we were more just think of like retail, right? So like we had like this like cooking website called Tavolo and like Armani Exchange had their first website up. And so people I don't think could even fathom that we could help them with that. They were just like, and I have to say this just because it's so hilarious. People were like, I'm afraid to type my uh, credit card into your computer system because that was a thing. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So we're, I want to call you. And when they called us, all we did was type in their credit card into the computer system because we were both looking at the exact same. The, the great veil. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, so, no, nobody nobody could even fathom to call us for that. Right. But did you, you have issue? Was there a worry in your company about stuff? I'm trying to think what the, like, the policy was. I think people were talking about it. And I think there was just this general like, well, they'll tell us if it's going to be really bad. Right. So what were you doing at New Year's Eve of, of 99? Like, like now on a social level, like what, what was the talk between like you and your buds? And like, what was there any well, we belief? Were getting, I mean, we were getting really drunk on New Year's Eve. Like, that's what I remember. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was at home being ha- being babysat and being terrified that my parents weren't home because the world might end. And like, right. Like, and, I, but you know, and I had a male babysitter and he was like super cool. Like he would always show me cool music. And so he put on like the MTV fucking, you know, New Year's Eve bash with Limp Biscuit playing and like. I remember like that made me feel better like Limp Bizkit and like the comfort of like a cool teenager like made me feel like everything was going to be fine. But still, I was like, but like tomorrow the the world might end. Right. Well, luckily for me in, in my early 20s, my biggest worry was like, how am I going to like score with some girl tonight? Uh, you right. know, I mean, there was just this general malaise of Woo, we all might die. But like in that fun, drunk way that you do, not right. in like a real panic, like way. in a first month of covid kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Gonna, that that actually was, was more, way scary. More like the like the purge kind of way, or one of those things. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is funny. Ah, we all might die. Yeah, or like in Independence Day. You know, that was another movie that scared the shit out of me. I was thinking of like Independence Day during you know the the that Y two K time because of the scene. Yeah, where everyone's partying on top of like the Empire State Building or whatever it is, and then like zap. You know what I mean? And like, also there was a movie called end of days with Arnold Schwarzenegger where like Satan comes up to earth as like a suave businessman. And like, it's up to Arnold Schwarzenegger to stop him. And that was like a two, like that had like a 2000 theme to it where it's like, Oh, the year 2000, the mark of the beast kind of a thing. And I remember thinking like that was, that scared the shit out of me. I was just scared of it. I was a scared little there kid. Was, uh, and then there was, I know this really scared Ryan, but there was the Adam Sandler vehicle, uh, little Nikki in which, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, two brothers who are the, the the sons of Satan. Three brothers. They come out and they start wreaking havoc on the earth in the forms of uh, Dana Carvey as an evil basketball referee. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he threw the game. So, do you, do you remember the movie The Night of the Comet? No. No. All right. Well, a little a little Y2K prequel. Haley's Comet was this big thing right. that was going to happen. Yeah, and, absolutely. Like, it might hit Earth. This is like '85. And so we had a sum of that back then, like, ooh, we might die, Haley's Comet. And there was a movie called Night of the Comet, a uh, great 80s teenage role. Oh, well, so then also there so was- We love Apocalypse. Right, well, and we I feel it. like- Like, 
society loves apocalypse because secretly we all yeah. want everything to be erased and we all want everyone to fucking die deep down yeah. everyone wants to wake up and go outside and see that everything has ceased to exist except for them and like their books or their bongs or whatever there's always a yeah there's always sort of a countdown like there's the thread of you know and you had like the cold war was like the whole we're just going to blow each other up with nukes and like now that that was a legit fear i watched that movie uh what was it called the day after oh uh-huh. i was legit frightened i was like a little kid and said to my parents like is this going to happen i am really scared i know you're familiar with that one Ryan. yeah you yeah the, the day after could actually be a, a culture dump on its own because it was kind of presented almost like a war of the worlds thing like back in the day you know where, where it was like yes you knew it was fake but like some people didn't like if you just turned it on you wouldn't know and it was filmed like a documentary and it was filmed like to present like kind of like it was it was very real to a lot of people and it, again it was like this war of the worlds thing where it's like shit like is this really gonna happen like you know what i mean it, it was it was that scary um and yeah I, I i totally know about that but also you know the 90s leading up to 2000 i think a lot of people were really playing up on the fear of that because there was also deep impact and then there was armageddon and then there was also films like Dante's Peak and then or Dante yeah it was it was, yeah Dante's Peak and then Volcano. It's just, so there was all this shit about the world ending and the only thing I can really relate to since then was 2012, you know, like where there was like the movie 2012 and people were playing up on the fact that oh the Mayans said that the world's going to end oh, in yeah. 2012. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That was a way bigger bust. Y2K we actually there was a risk of things going going wrong. So the negative effects of the Y2K bug ranged from the silly to the severe. For instance, several independently owned video stores who did not protect their systems either saw calculated late fees drop by 100 years worth or in other cases increase by 100 years worth. So like you could have gotten a notice or like a bill from your you know video store because like your Jerry Maguire tape has now racked up like 5,000 bucks in late fees, <laughs> you know? which I'm guessing is like 100 years worth of late fees. I don't know. You know, I guess every shop's different. But yeah, can you imagine? Or like all of a sudden because someone, you know, rented, you know, fucking Pet Cemetery 2 or something, it's taken, you know, now you owe that person thousands of dollars, like because the late fee things got reversed onto the video stores. So that's kind of funny. And also that's not like Blockbuster or like Hollywood video. These are like the stores that bought like a program from the store to like run their inventory and stuff. It's not like these huge corporate conglomerates that had a team of people preventing that from happening. Um, but another thing that happened was thousands of people with credit cards that had a zero zero expiration date had their cards denied or canceled because the system acted as though they expired in 1900 rather than 2000. So if your card expired, say in April of 2000, the bank, you know, the, the card thought, well, no, it expired in April of 1900, a hundred years ago before they had fucking credit cards. It doesn't make sense. Why? Like, how does that even happen? But, like if something didn't yeah, exist, but that, is, <laughs> but that is like the classic scenario everyone was worried about. So it, so, I mean, at least for the credit cards, it did, that did happen. Right. You know, the, and I mean, it's your money. So, right. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like the money went away. It was just like, you're, I mean, dude, how many times do you have to cancel a card a year? You know what I mean? Or like, it's not, it's not like that big of a deal to get a new one. I'm sure back then it was a little bit more complicated. Well, but if it happened to a lot of people, right. Yeah. I could see that being like a panic moment. Right. Well, now here's the real shit. So there were more than a dozen nuclear power plants in the U.S. that experienced technical difficulties, for instance, like things failing to turn on automatically because it's like, oh, like I'm not supposed to turn on until fucking 100 years from now, you know, like things like that. But, you know, there was several extensive backup procedures and the crisis was eventually, you know, 
averted. But there was a delay in millions of dollars of Medicare payments as well. People that were so expecting their money to come in for their health insurance and, you know, state funded medical care. Just that that failed. That system was not backed up. But medical records and stuff that's where the focus was in the in the medicine field for y2k bug it's like let's make sure we don't lose you know everyone's medical history especially if they're like you know in a hospital bed fucking sick and now we have no idea what's ever been done for them like that's fucking scary but you know getting you know not getting your check on time not that big of a deal i'm sure a lot of people suffered from that but you know you know this nuclear power plant thing if i had thought about that at the time i think i would have been legit scared like that right. is something when you, when you just said it, I was like, oh, my God, yeah. yeah. what if that happened? What if <laughs> well, a system failed? Well, Japan had had one that really failed, like really shut down. Japan's just had really bad luck with nuclear power plants in the last 20 years, um, you know, with the earthquake and everything. But yeah, like they, there was serious delay in in the workings of the thing. Like it would like kind of everything powered down for a second, essentially. And then they had to like reboot it. And when they rebooted it, it caught up. But for a second, it was just like, and it's like, That's oh, fuck. Funny. Yeah, that's terrible. Well, another fun, like, you know, we were talking about the Cold War a second ago. Like, another thing that people were worried about was that launch sequences and things would be fucked up. And, like, all of a sudden, you know, all the silos were just going to open up and everything was going to start going off. Like, you know, there, there was some serious, scary shit, but the nuclear power plants is really the only thing that really happened that was, you know, something to worry about for sure. Now, the effect of the cheaper, easier windowing fix was felt in the year 2020 when several programs not prepared to roll over to 2021 failed to work. This included thousands of parking meters in New York and certain brands of cash registers and POS systems that failed to process payments or create receipts. This is, again, because there was two ways of fixing the Y2K bug. There was the change the whole program to have a four-digit you know, date system or change the thing in the program to register zero zero as being the end of 2000 and that will last for an additional 20 years wait Uh, so you're telling me so then people did this 20 year thing and then after that means they had 20 years to then to fix fix it it but no again if it's not broke don't fix it they just that's the whole thing with y2k but unless you know literally 2021 is going to happen and it's going to be a problem again Mm mm-hmm There's there's a procrastination issue. There's an initiative here. There's a motivation (laughs) lack, I think, what's going on. Yes. And also, it's just so funny. 20 years seems so far away. You're like, oh, 20 years from now, that's so far away. Right, exactly. And again, they have this, you know, and technology was moving a lot faster at that point. So there was a belief that, you know, well, yes, it's only a 20-year fix, but by this time, we won't even be using the same programs. We won't even be, we'll have chips in our head. You know, no one will be using computers. Like, you know, there's this expectation for things to move a lot faster than they actually do because you know in the last you know 20 30 years technology has grown so big so fast so many innovations but like it it doesn't move that fast like 20 like yes if you're gonna you know no one's gonna change their pos system if they don't have to you know what i mean and parking meters in new york like a did like a card reading parking meter like going through like a database like yeah why, why bother fixing that but why bother um, we're gonna have flying cars any day now yeah yeah any no day. one's even gonna be parking yeah exactly <laughs> that's kind of thing but the funniest thing that happened was uh the video game wwe 2k20 failed to launch uh, people like couldn't play the new wrestling game because it was running off of like a server that had that program, like the windowing fix. So like again, like parking meters, uh, you know, POS systems that super independently run mom and pop shops that have had the same cash register forever. And then, Probably. yeah. When when he says 
POS. It's point of sale, not piece of piece shit. Of shit. Yeah, of well, you know, but I, I bet there, it was. It was a real POS, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can picture some guy smacking his computer at his fucking like hardware store in like Iowa. Like, yeah, POS is right. God damn it. Yeah, exactly. Ex- exactly. But yeah, I just love that the wrestling game didn't work. Like, what you keep saying? You keep saying the window fix. What term is that? For you didn't explain that term. So. Right, right. Wait. Well, so, so yeah, you you had stepped out to go pee pee. I think. But um. So what the windowing fix was, and again, folks. The, the important thing with Y2K and the reason why it came back in 2020 in a small way is because, yes, there was two ways of fixing it. One is you completely deconstruct the program or write a new version of whatever program it is you're trying to safeguard to give it a four digit date system. So it can you know read, you know, 1999 going into 2000 or there was a way to do it where they just took the two date system and extended it for 20 years. So it's like, it will know that if it goes to zero, zero, that's actually 2000 and that lasts for 20 years. Like, and it was so called, it was like called windowing. So this, this Y2K czar, it sounds like he just made sure his, the plane he was on. <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, I'm good. I'm right. Good. Y'all it, figure it out yourselves. Exactly. Okay. So, I got, sorry, I, I had stepped out, but I, I well, you said, whoa, you said windows. I, I thought you meant windows, like oh, windows no, no. versus versus a windowed and, program. And anything else. Yeah. It's, it's, it was called windowing. It, it was, does it was windows the way. exist? Window by the, of time. Does windows exist, by the way? Is yeah. That a thing? I have a windows. Yeah. Windows uh, is like, like, you can't have a PC and not run windows, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like, that, that's kind of it. Uh, unless you're like a super hacker or everybody has a, I feel like everyone has a Mac now. So yeah. that's not true. I don't know. Not, not my dad. That's probably why he was so freaked out by Y2K. You know, he's like, this whole thing's going to go down. But can, can I ask you a question? And if we're going to answer in a minute, that's fine. But here's the part of my understanding. When we all woke up the next day, right? Woke up from our hangover right. and the world was was functioning fine. But you said it's because of all this hard work of all these people. There had to be hundreds, if not thousands of small companies that didn't do it. Yeah. Right. Well, like, right. We're well, all yeah. connected. No, that, yeah, that's the thing. Like, but there was also like program disks that you could, you know, upload in your like there was software that was made that you could upload into your computer and then you know it would it would fix it for you. You know what I mean? So like if you ran Windows, there was a Y two K safe bug, you know, safe safety thing. You know, certain programs had that, or you would get like a really quickly made, you know, shipped direct to you because you bought the program like new version that was safeguarded for Y two K. But yeah, you know, there were tons of small businesses like that didn't do that. For instance, like the video stores, you know. But even I mean, there was even big things you know that's that still managed to like fall through the cracks or not think that that particular problem with the date would affect them you know but then it ended up totally uh, affecting them but yeah i mean there was programmers all over the country and the world working towards this and when one country would figure out a way to to fix it they would share it with the rest and like vice versa and it was like this big group effort to make sure that yeah planes weren't going to fall from the sky nukes weren't going to get launched and you were going to be able to pay for your coffee in the morning with your credit card you know you know what the key i think to a good uh a good panic is (laughs) of is it's it's branding you know right yeah y2k COVID. Y2K just it just the way it just comes together really nice like Cold War nuclear holocaust Y2K the the Mayan 2012 one you know it just doesn't have that same ring to it and if you don't have that good branding you can't really get the wings you need to yeah. take off yeah now we're like that, chill with it now we're like dude some, this year's some... panic it's called corona yeah yeah exactly this, that's some deep insight from Parks I see why you keep him around that's yeah. that's all I got I mean, <laughs> that's all I, I got think, uh, I'm pretty, I mean, I was in sixth grade, so I'm pretty sure like when it was, 
the year 2000 and my parents were just like, it's fine. And then right, that's I how, think I stopped probably thinking about it like two days later. That's what I'm saying. I don't remember going to eat like a drive through and being like, them saying like oh, we got issues with it's, this Y2K, right? Well, like, but receipt. I also says you got forty burgers, <laughs> <laughs> and you bought them in nineteen hundred. So fucking good day, sir. Think, but I also think cash was so much more of a thing then, right? Like right. now yes, everybody pays everything with debit, right? Yeah, or, absolutely. Or Venmo or whatever. So I think since most of us are paying cash, you just ching. It just didn't matter maybe as much. Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Got, like all this crypto stuff. So like if that's all being like mined on computers. And if there was like some sort of date panic involving like your crypto, right? You know, that could well, I, I have another date panic that is. Well, this is what looming. I was gonna. I assume we're gonna get to. Have we solved for twenty two hundred, or is this another eighty year window? We have. We're gonna. No, we're so, all said we will wipe ourselves off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be around then, anyways. Exactly. Fuck it. We just wait for who yeah, yeah, and then. Yeah, ask your kids if they're worried about that. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so the windowed programs have since been corrected, but there is one more looming tech disaster that we need to address. Now, there are many relied upon computer systems that have been recording time by the second since January 1st, 1970, and they are expected to run out of their allotted recording space in the year 2038. So there is, you know... Again, this is by the second, and they knew they that those kinds of systems accounted for being the year two thousand. But these these other systems, they just had an X amount of storage system, and it would or storage space, and it would you know record time accurately by the second. This is used in all sorts of stuff. So the fix for these programs, it was kind of like a windowing fix that many of them are going through right now, and that will allow them to run for an additional four hundred years. Again. Why not why just 400? fix it forever? Why, yeah, I mean, why, what is? Yeah. I don't know. What is twenty thirty eight? See, I don't see that doesn't have a good ring to it, so I'm not seeing. No, a lot of and no, no one will even know. You know, and no one even knew that Y two K shit happened in twenty twenty. Like it's just one more checklist on the twenty twenty thing. You know that people could be yeah. pissed at. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's that is crazy. But here's something I'm remembering though. When you said nineteen seventy, I do feel like that was actually the date they threw out a lot. They were like, oh, when people built things in the eighties, they just said January first, nineteen seventy was the default first date. Yes. Why? Because eh, it's it's eighty five now. Let's make it seventy. Like what we why, why even did they do that? Why not sixty? Why not nineteen hundred? I think some. I I mean, there were some systems that were, I mean, as primitive as they were, there were some data collecting systems that were around then or established in the 70s, at least. So I feel like it was just like a good starting point. You know, obviously, in the 60s, things were still going to be very analog. They were only starting to develop these kinds of systems in the 70s. And by the 80s and 90s, they'd be fully implemented. So I think it was just like a good jumping off point. It's nice and even, you know. But again, the systems that were given enough space to record time by the exact second that would roll over to 2000 accurately only had enough space to last till 2038 so and, and rather than you know fix it at least this time they didn't give it 20 years they gave it 400 but i can picture some clerk some like robot clerk 400 years from now working at fucking <laughs> moon mcdonald's like what the fuck this isn't working damn y2k like you know what i mean like that's like like what like you're just leaving it for someone else you're just passing the buck that's what this stupid y2k bug shit is I have a question, Ryan. Why would a, a robot 400 years from now speak from a robot built in 1977? 
because they're gonna the robots are gonna ha- they have to have fear to keep them in check. So and once they figure out how the robots can be scared of Y two K and right. But also, no. Here's why a robot four hundred years from now should sound like a robot built in like a seventies sci fi feature. It's because they're gonna be so advanced. This is me going off now. They're they're gonna be so advanced. They're gonna look like humans. We all saw Terminator. So in order to really be able to tell who is a robot and who isn't, which you will want to know. Uh, They will never be given proper voice boxes to mimic human voices. They will always have to sound like this in order to, like, you know, separate themselves a little bit or to keep us separated. It won't be like Ex Machina where we want to, like, bone them because they're so hot. I didn't say that. I just said their voices are going to be weird. You don't want to bone them, but then it's like you want them to kind of sound like the nanny who's my one of my biggest (laughs) crushes. I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got another one for you. What if so the Terminator scenario? What if uh, John Connor? He's like, how do I figure this shit out? And then he's just like, oh look, I'll just make it two digits. Yeah, and he just makes it like okay. Just sets everyone back, you know, to you know 2000 yeah. or, or whatever it would be so what does it all mean well y2k is looked back at with a laugh and you know as as a big panic with very little payoff that's kind of the overall lasting impression of y2k was it was was it a hoax no but it was a, a big blowout there was nothing that really happened uh but the story is actually much deeper society didn't survive y2k because it was a hoax or a misunderstanding it survived because of the decade-long work of thousands of computer programmers and scientists who scrambled for an answer y2k is a reminder of the dangers of technological reliance and this is something that we feel all of the time with stuff you know how many data breaches have there been that you know i mean there's you know speculation that major elections are being tampered with you know through through the use of computers i mean we rely on them for everything now and the more eggs you put in the basket the more likely all your eggs are going to break if that basket busts you know and y2k is a really good it's the it's one of the earliest examples of that i might add yeah that i've it does seem it seems very much like a dump because it again it has that big moment in mainstream and then you kind of look back on it and you're like wow that i'm you know it's just kind of surreal to think about how we laugh because we survived yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> that's the so old adage that's a classic dump really a classic dump. All right, folks. Well, that's our Y2K. Matt, why don't you go ahead and tell the folks at home where they can find your shows? Well, if you want to hear interviews with these guys, like you've been listening to them for seven years now since you started the <laughs> Woodstock 99 podcast. <laughs> it feels like that. Seven. You want to hear them as guests, you can find them on the Atlanta podcast. If you like obstacle racing, which if you like obstacle racing, you probably already heard of me. Not to be a jerk, but seriously, <laughs> if you're into it, you probably already heard it. But if you haven't, uh, come check out the Obstacle Racing Media podcast. Uh, but the Atlanta podcast is where I interview all kinds of weird, fun guests like these two guys. Awesome. All right, folks. Well, for exclusive Culture Dumps and Podcast 99 content, you can go ahead and subscribe to patreon.com slash culture dumps. Helps us out a lot, and we want to help you out by giving you more fun stuff. I'm Ryan Lichten. I've been joined by Parks Miller and Matt B. Davis. We'll see you next time. If you have a Culture Dumps suggestion, feel free to send it on over to culturedumps at gmail.com and please follow us on Instagram at culturedumps. Yeah, yeah, baby! Happy New Year! Let me see your man! Do you feel it? If you feel it!